This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's that time. Your fix is here. College football is a year-round discussion with these two. Here's J.C. and Morgan. Mike Morgan of ESPN and J.C. Sherbert of 24-7 Sports have you covered. Beginning right now. Oh, it's been way too long. Believe me, we are here and a happy New Year installment of J.C. and Morgan. Welcome to installment number 225 all-time if you're scoring at home, but the first of the new year. Uh, a lot has happened since we were on last little vacation, and my man J.C. got married. Uh, J.C., congratulations to you. This is, uh, what is that? Oh, you're pointing up the ring. I thought four. Ma- I thought you were calling a play. I yeah, thought you were audibling at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, you were like Washington trying to figure out. Had to get out of a run play that was going to be stuffed for no yards. Um, no, because seriously, uh, right off the bat, want to say congrats. I know we've covered this on uh, another show that you and I are a part of, but uh, it was great to see you and your lovely bride and uh, our producer, uh, extru- producer extraordinaire, as I like to say, the Mad Dog, Phil Molinax, uh, all there and some some old time friends, and uh, uh, it was it was a good time to do it. There was no great college football games going on at the time. You picked a nice warm climate to do it down in South Florida and everything went smoothly. So first off, congrats yeah. to you and a happy new year to you. Thank you. I'm a happy man. Uh, this, this one is special. Um, it, it, and I can't thank you enough, Mike, uh, for helping facilitate that in a way. And uh, I just threw out a, a town. I just figured, it, why not? It, it just was good to have all, all, all of my close friends and colleagues there and some family and uh, celebrate like we did. I'm, I'm sorry for the people that attended that got the flu. I was one of them. Uh, but I kind of felt that one when that dates because I was like, man, because last year that was around the Gator Bowl, and I ended up getting sick and not being able to go to the Gator Bowl. So did my friend. I was like, yeah, stuff kind of goes around that time of year. But mm-hmm. uh, we all made it through, and it was a fun time. And certainly, uh, you know, I feel good. I'm a happy man. I mean, it, my heart's full. So um, it, uh, it it's, it's a, uh, a good start to the rest of my life. And uh, uh, I think that's awesome. 
Yeah, it is awesome, and I'll, uh, I'll 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 give the abridged version of what I said on the the infamous party bus from <laughs> from Palm Beach to Jupiter or Jupiter to Palm Beach. I can't remember. Some things are a little bit hazy, uh, uh, but many of you that have been listening to us nationally from all. And we've got listeners in the Pacific Northwest. We've got listeners in the Midwest. We've got Michigan fans that I'm sure are very happy today. We've got people in Texas, people from Florida to the Carolinas and everywhere in between. I don't know if we've got anybody in Maine yet, but uh, we're, we're working on it. We've got a listener in Moscow. we got, we got all over the place. Uh, so I've known you for a long time, and a lot of our listeners from the state of South Carolina are familiar with you for a long time. So they know this. But for the rest of you that just – hear us and you hear that kind of gruff voice and very, uh, you know, I don't want to say rough around the edges, but you never know how people interpret you. I don't know how people interpret me when they listen to this. They might think I'm the you know biggest horse's ass on the planet. They might be right. I don't know. Uh, but what, what, uh, what some of you that have never met JC or know him from any other forum uh, is that he's got a huge heart and uh, that was on full display during that time. So, I don't want to get too mushy in the opening segment in the A block, but I'll just say that and leave it at that. And with that, we'll uh, we'll get to business. Um, first off, Happy New Year to everybody out there. And uh, I had a lot of people, and I always take this as a compliment. We've missed you guys. When is the next one? And I'm like, it, it's coming. It's coming. We wanted to do it um, before the national championship game. It almost do like a preview. I've had a, a, a brutal schedule with NFL and college basketball, and between that and JC's wedding and JC getting the flu and my wife getting sick, and it, it, there's a lot of things at play. But we're here. We're with you, as you know by now, if you've been listening to us. Every week, there is no off-season for us, just like there's off-season in college football. So with all that being said... Uh, oh, and oh, by the way, we've got a snazzy new logo that you, you'll see. You don't see it on YouTube right now, but you'll see it when you listen to us on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Twitter, what have you. Uh, you can also see uh, the website, jcandmorgan.com. So let's get into the, this game, and then I want to get into some Harbaugh stuff. We'll get the JC5, we'll talk some SEC, and then we'll ca- wrap it up, call it a show, and get you another one in a matter of days. JC, your initial take on the game last night. It went about like I expected. Uh, I was kind of surprised Washington's defense kind of hunkered down a bit. You know, they call themselves the dogs. I guess they they hunkered down those hairy dogs. You know, that doesn't sound right to talk about Washington that way. But uh, they, they call themselves the dogs, the Huskies. And um, I thought they played pretty inspired ball. Uh, I think at the end – you know, Michigan just was was too power powerful of a football team, Mike. And if you think about it, uh, I'll take you guys back to 2020, 2020, 2019-2020. LSU wins the national title, beats Clemson pretty good. That LSU defense was good. Was it great? No. Certainly wasn't close to the 03 or 07 LSU defenses. Alabama the next year during the pandemic is a high-scoring machine that gave up points. Um, and I think we thought maybe that's where the sport was headed. But the last three years, and really before 19, too, if, if you count the powerful Clemson teams on defense, and it's really been more about, like, who can run the ball and play defense, if you think about it. And, and it kind of coincided. Michigan kind of 
took the lead in that. Not nothing against Georgia, but you know when they started just lining up and mashing Ohio State at the end of the year, they were on to something. And if you think about it, that's uh, that's kind of who wins in college football, and and that was the matchup. It was a high flying offense against uh, a, a team that's you know kind of a throwback. Great defense, great run game, uh, heady quarterback, uh, and I, I think that. What happens to the offensive-oriented teams when they get in games like this is they're not physical enough to consistently stop the other team offensively. That happened in the Rose Bowl in 17 with Oklahoma and Georgia. Oklahoma built the big lead. They're going up and down the field. But they couldn't stop Georgia's offense, which she was lucky to score 25 points in a game before that one. Uh, And that's what happens. The more physical – this this game continues to be very simple. It's it's who's the more physical team and – uh, you know, who could stop the other one and, and, and who's faster in a lot of ways. Uh, and I think this Michigan team all year, that I think we've all doubted them, you know, well, they're going to run into Ohio State or, or they're not going to beat Penn State on the road or they're not going to do this. They were relentless. And they were the best team in college football this year start to finish. And and I just – I'll give them credit for that. I'm sorry for doubting them. I think a lot of us look at the recruiting rankings and we can't get that. It's a mental crutch for many of us, myself included at times. And you're like, well, they don't have all these five stars. Oh, no, they don't. They got a lot of damn good football players who are going to play a long time in the NFL. And uh, no matter how you do it and put it together, the, the point is you put it together. Uh, and uh, I just can't say enough about the way they played the game, they played it what I would call the, the right way. The, it's the game we all love when we watched it. Uh, kind of a lull in the action, second half, you know, when it was 20 to 13. But I give credit to Washington and, and those kids for hanging in there. I mean, they were they were outmatched. There's no question about it. Uh, and then I also give credit to the Michigan defense, which has been a lead all season. Uh, after Washington scores, makes it a 20 to 13 uh, game at half. I took the under, so I was like, hey, it's going to go. I was happy hmm. that it went under. Uh, I didn't think it was in the first half, but, uh, you know, I, I, holding them to zero in the second half and then eventually the floodgates opened, that was that's how Michigan's been winning all year. And uh, they won it, and congratulations. Go Blue. I, uh, I certainly don't disagree with anything you said. Um, I do think if you have all those parts – the dominating defense, the line of scrimmage, um, speed on the outside, and then you throw in a next-level quarterback, it, it's almost unbeatable in college football unless you go up against another team that has the same thing, which was like most of those Alabama-Georgia classics, whether it was in Atlanta or in the playoff, that's what you had. Like they both had all of those goodies, and somebody had to lose, not because the other team was bad, or missing something, or incomplete. It's just because somebody had to lose. Uh, in this case, and by the way, I mean, J.J. McCarthy, if J.J. McCarthy played in another offense, I, I'm not sure people understand how talented J.J. McCarthy is. Uh, he made a few runs last night where you're like, oh, dude, I, if, you, if you hadn't seen him, and I know a lot of people just, you know, you, you, you're having allegiance to a certain conference, so maybe you ignored the Big Ten all year. Or maybe you tuned in for like a, a quarter or a half of Michigan-Ohio State. So you're not that familiar with McCarthy. But like McCarthy is legit. Like McCarthy, I don't know if he's going to start in the NFL. I don't know if he's going to be a first-round pick or a third-round pick. But he's going to be a, a fairly high pick. He's going to make a lot of money at the next level. 
and he has a, 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 an incredible skill set. But they don't ask him to do all that in the offense. I, I hate the term game manager. I know what that truly means for a lot of people. Uh, it's a slight. It's a very specific targeted slight that many talking heads on TV use to diminish certain quarterbacks and inflate other quarterbacks. I know that game. Um, he's not a game manager. But in that offense, that is kind of what at times they ask him to do because you have just two studs at running back. You've got an offensive line that mauls people. And then when you need McCarthy to make a play, he can use his legs. And they don't throw the ball a ton. But make no mistake about it, J.J. McCarthy could, could certainly be a 300-yard passer in college football per game and light up some scoreboards if you needed him to. They don't need oh, him yeah. to. So and like you said, ex- go, ahead. go ahead. I hear typing. Is that you or is that? No, that's actually my dog running around. Oh, that's your dog. <laughs> that's red. No, I'm not, I got a tin I got roof. Brother, I, I got we got so many complaints. I got the keyboard. I got the a, keyboard is quiet. It's just the dog. I got a wireless keyboard. I said it. Red, feet pipe it down, me. Red. Uh, he, he was excited because <laughs> he's getting fed right now, and that's there feeding you go. right now. So it's feeding time. He's 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 good. Does a little dance, but uh, no. Um, yeah, McCarthy's one of those kids too that uh, you know he went to IMG, and and I you know I, I've always said there's no difference between kids that come from IMG and elsewhere I, I don't I, I like the guys that run it run that place down there a lot I worked with them when I was with ESPN they were part of the Under Armour deal um so I don't want to I'm not coming down on them but it's is it good for high school football I don't know well during the pandemic when JJ was a, a, a recruit up here in Chicago he's a Chicago kid this place is like North Korea I mean there's no football the Grinch JB Pritzker stole football from everybody and so they had no football that year and uh, in 2020, so he had to go down there. I think it actually helped him because he got another season in, and then right away he starts competing for that job. It's hard to play quarterback for Jim Harbaugh because he is a quarterback. You know, it's right. like it's like Steve Spurrier in that way. The guys that played the position, they get they get they're a little perfectionist ish. Um, and, and and I think he's a he's a winner. JJ's a winner, man. Um, stats. You know, yeah, you're right. Some if he was in Washington system, who knows how many yards he'd put up. But mm-hmm. uh, and, and game manager, to your point there too, Mike. Look, the job of the quarterback is to manage the game. Right. I mean, Tom Brady is the the ultimate game manager, is he not? Was it, he is? But when when you use that, when people use that term, I what they're really trying to say, well. He's not athletic, and therefore yeah. he's just a byproduct of being surrounded. I mean, they're using this with Brock Purdy now in San Francisco. He's just a byproduct of having a great defense and running game around him. Tom Brady was one of the most accurate and clutch quarterbacks in all. That's not a game manager, folks. That is a next-level clutch gene champion that we haven't seen before, and I'm not sure if we'll see again in our lifetime. That's not a game manager. Uh, meanwhile, if somebody just runs all over the field but doesn't win crap – we say he's next next level, the new generation of quarterback. It's you know, I, again, so much of that is garbage. You can win games either way. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson. This will be a, a big year for him because he hasn't played well in the postseason, but he's going to have another MVP season, and he deserves it. Uh, he's he's electric, and he can be phenomenal. Uh, so you can win it that way. Or this this whole notion that you can't win games in the pocket, that's ridiculous. And most people will tell you, particularly at the next level, you've got to be able to throw uh, from the pocket. Penix yesterday tried to throw from the pocket. Um, 
and let me start there. Michael Penix, if we were just going, you know I'm kind of an NFL draft junkie. I have a sickness. I watch all seven rounds every year. I like playing GM. I, I like analyzing and projecting what I think in my own mind uh, will work at the next level. I don't print a, a, a report. I don't get paid to do it. That's okay. It's just a, a little fun that I have. Um, if you were to just break down tape of college football quarterbacks this year, nobody had better tape than Michael Penix. Nobody. Uh, he was outstanding from start to finish. He threw for, I think, going into that game, nearly 4,700 yards. Um, and he's doing all this coming off two shoulders and two knee injuries. And then obviously if you watched last night, something with his rib cage, he's, he looks all banged up, what have you. Uh, he's been remarkably accurate. He came into that game 76%. He was 50% yesterday. And I get it. Michigan's defense, which is nasty, had a lot to do with it. Some of it was mental with Michael Penix. He missed throws. He missed a wide open. This this changed the game. Odunze, he, who is a stud, who's going to be a lot of fun to watch in the NFL, by the way. I'd definitely spend a, a first-round pick on him. Uh, he, he, he's got his man beat on one play. They're down a score. And Penix just missed him. Wasn't that he got hit? It wasn't that he was, you know, uh, somebody breathing right down his neck. He just missed him. And that was in his mind. They kept using the word uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable. And for much of the year, playing behind the Joe Moore Award offensive line, uh, he didn't have to worry about being uncomfortable. He had a nice, healthy, clean, cozy pocket to throw from. And he's got terrific wide receivers. And that's why nobody stopped that offense. Well, Michigan was going to make him uncomfortable. They did. And he played probably the, the worst game he's played uh, as, a, as a college quarterback. He still is going to be a first-round pick and might light the world on fire in the NFL. But for one night, he wasn't that good. And then he didn't get a lot of help. On a fourth and one, you got a receiver that drops a, an easy pass in the flat, should have been caught. Um, I thought the Washington defense kept them in the game. Uh, that that was the, the surprise. Like The defense stepped it up in the second half, and they just kept begging the offense, come on, guys. Uh, Kalen DeBoer is still a great coach. Ryan Grubb still a great offensive coordinator. Odunze is going to be a first-round pick. Panic's going to be a first-round pick. Dylan Johnson is a problem. None of that changes. They just got beat by a better team, as you pointed out, the best team in college football all year long. The thing that stood out to me, and I think Herb Street mentioned something like this, it's the first time I really focused on the Michigan defense, and I, I already knew names you know, like Graham, like Harold, like Colson, I, I already was familiar with, and you said they weren't five stars. I'm guessing a lot of these guys are four stars, right? I mean, these are not like under-the-radar recruits. Uh, uh, Colson Loveland was a, was a the tight end from Idaho. He's from Idaho. He was a four-star, low four-star. Yeah. Um, defensively, Will Johnson was a five in-state kid. Um. What what was Jalen Harrell? He uh, I don't have him in front of me. I'm not putting. You, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I, no, like ju- what was Junior Colson? I mean that dude is ridiculous. It's everywhere. Was, let me just look that up, Mike. Because okay, think, uh, this art. I'm reading an article. I, I, I glanced at an article of about um, Michigan's 2022 class, and they flipped a lot of guys. Keon Sav was a flip from Clemson. Uh, Loveland, they found him in Idaho. The the backup quarterback that came in was flipped from Virginia Tech. They flipped Derek Moore from uh, Oklahoma that year. 
Well, um, you, again, this you know much more about this than probably anybody listening right now. I, all I know is like every year they're in the top twenty in recruiting rankings. Oh it's yeah, not like, they're always up there. They're yeah, so so it's not like these are a bunch of like you know heart, you know Rudy type stories. These are still studs coming out of high school. Not all five stars, not George Alabama level, but still pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean Donovan Edwards was a five star. McCarthy was a high four. Let me get the composite up because I don't want to just. Uh, all right. Well, while you're while you're yeah, doing that, yeah. so let Go me ahead. just say what watching it, um, what what is amazing that you can just see on TV, and of course you can hear the hits. That it was a violent game. It was beautiful. I mean, you can hear pads mm-hmm. popping all over the place. Um, but how they pursue, like a, a guy just catches a simple route underneath past the defensive line in front of the linebackers. And very often a play like that comes down to one-on-one. Can the guy who catch it, catches it uh, make the one guy miss? And if he does, it's a, it's a chunk play. And if he doesn't, it's a, just a modest gain. Well, forget about chunk plays against Michigan's D. Because what happens is that same play, the linebacker converges – uh, the, the the safeties come down. They're racing in like they're with their hair on fire. And a couple of 275-pound defensive linemen, they're going ahead and pursuing from behind. They never give up on the play. They're so well coached. Uh, they they are they're so hard to deal with because it's not one or two Outland Trophy type. It's just 11 guys that are all connected to use a basketball term. And, and all know what to do, where to be, max effort every play. And that's what you saw last night. They were a problem all year long. You're giving up like 10 points a game. Uh, and so if, if you have those opportunities like Penix did, you cannot miss. You just can't because there's not going to be many more opportunities to, to strike gold against that Michigan D. So they missed it. Um, congratulations to the Wolverines. I tweeted this out. I I, I think it's – it's really easy to forget just what Harbaugh was. You and I started doing this in 2016, and I felt like you and I at times were on an island because everybody wanted to see Jim Harbaugh fired, including a lot of Michigan fans, if we're being honest. You lose to Ohio State five years in a row, and you usually don't keep your job. I mean, they've been trying to fire Ryan Day now because he's lost two, three, three years in a row to uh, uh, Michigan, but I said uh, last night as I'm watching the game and the post game, just your typical coaching story: lose to your biggest rival five years in a row, be told you have to take a four million dollar pay cut. Never forget that they went to Jim Harbaugh and said, if you want to keep your job, you need to cut four million dollars. Was it because Michigan ran out of money? No, it was because they were proving a point. Um, Number three, get suspended for six games during the title run, then go on and lead your alma mater to a title. I mean, that that story is Hollywood would reject the script because it seems silly. But that's what happened. That's what happened. And now the guy that many fans wanted gone, the guy that took the $4 million pay cut, they are begging him not to take an NFL job and to hang around Ann Arbor to keep this thing going. And I love their coordinators and mentor and more. And they both have head coach written all over them. But I'm going to tell you what: if you lose Jim Harbaugh, that is not going to be replaced. Like that, that you, you can steal the barbecue recipe, but at some point you've got to make adjustments. You got to. You, there's a certain type of personality that comes with it. Jim, by the way, is a, he's a weird dude. Like I don't take Jim Harbaugh to the party because he's kind of socially awkward, and you know, it doesn't matter. 
He's a hell of a coach. He's a next-level freaking coach. I think he belongs in college football. I don't assume he's going to do the same thing he did in San Fran the first time if he goes back to the NFL. He's 60 years old. He's weird. He's not the quote-unquote cool NFL coach that we have today. Um, but with the NCAA thing working and with everything else going on, he might just pack up and leave. If so, I hate it for college football. Yeah, that would be bad. I, I like him because he's won. He, he's The best situation he's ever taken over is Michigan. And uh, I think I said that when he got hired because we had this podcast at the time. I also predicted he would be in the playoff within three years, and I was a few years behind on that one. Not he many. almost did. Year three, I mean, if he hadn't lost Ohio State, they would have they would have gone. But, uh, you know, then they had the bad pandemic year. They were just not very good in 2020. Uh, just never kind of got going, lost some games. Um, I'll tell you this. Uh, you mentioned recruiting. Uh, so Jalen Harrell is a high uh, a three-star from Tampa. <laughs> three-star, <laughs> wow. Yeah, oh, there you go. That's why you recruit Florida, man, because you can get yeah, a guy like yeah. that, and then in four years he's a beast. Um, by and large, most of their guys were, you know, there were a lot of guys in the top 100, but then there were a lot of guys like Roman Wilson was kind of a top 250, Blake Horn, top Love that guy. dude. Wilson's you know, a stud. They weren't, they weren't all as highly rated as maybe a J.J. McCarthy was. And then, uh, of course, the corner uh, that they have, Will Johnson was a five-star. Uh, but, yeah, there's not a lot of you – know, compared to Georgia and Alabama and some other schools, that they're probably – if you just looked at the star ratings, middle of the pack in the SEC, uh, but I, yeah. that, but that goes to show you too that does not star ratings are a projection of what a guy could become. It's it's a, always going to be a talent maximization game, right. and different guys maximize different guys. Some guys don't. So, the, so the college football talent tracker, and this is um, this takes everybody's star rating out of high school and, and spits it out. It's not really valid. Because it doesn't take into account transfers, doesn't take into account they didn't re-rate them. It's just what they, how are they kind of big picture recruiting compared to everybody else when they sign the guys? Uh, so Michigan's 14th behind such illustrious powerhouses as Miami, Penn mm. State, who they they just lined up and didn't even throw a pass and beat <laughs> uh, Oklahoma, who's probably going to struggle in the SEC. Texas A&M is fourth in this category. Wow. Uh, and, of course, Ohio State and Alabama, wow. who they beat. So, you know, star ratings mean something, but they don't mean everything. There's something to be said for player development right. and all that. But, but Harbaugh, man, you know, here's a guy, because his dad was a college coach, right? He's a coach, comes from a coaching, well-known coaching family. I'll never forget when he took the Colts to the AFC Championship game either. Yeah, you remember that's that? Right. Or was I that sure Neil do. O'Donnell? Was that Neil O'Donnell? No, Harbaugh did it. That was Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Yeah, that was Harbaugh. Yeah. Uh, I'll never forget that. Um, and by the way, South Carolina fans that were talking smack because you're three and one against Michigan, and Will Muschamp beat Harbaugh a few years back. Uh, the one time Michigan won was the '85 opener. Keith Jackson was at Williams Bryce. Michigan 34, South Carolina three. And uh, guess who the quarterback was for Michigan that day? Jim Harbaugh. Jim freaking Harbaugh. So they so Gamecocks, I wouldn't crow too loudly about this. But anyway, um, the guy, you know, he could have easily gotten an assistant coaching job uh, somewhere through his dad's connections, started at Michigan or whatever. This dude started at the University of San Diego. You Yeah, now, you're, 
You're stealing my I'd thunder on the deep dive. You're at, okay. You're all right, I'll stop. Right. I'll stop. I'll stop. Well, I, I, knew, well, I, I knew a guy I that played there. Yeah, so. yeah, no, and and you brought up the playing career, and it, it's worth noting because you know we're old enough to remember Harbaugh, the player. He spent much of his. He was a first round draft pick out of Michigan, uh, but he spent much of his career getting his ass chewed by Mike Ditka. You know, they, they didn't always get along. Uh, and he followed McMahon, which, you know, McMahon was just a godlike figure in Chi-Town, as you well know, living there now, J.C. It's probably, you can't go into a sports bar without seeing a number nine McMahon jersey, uh, not to mention Walter Payton, et cetera. But, uh, so he, he didn't have, like, the best NFL career, but he played a long time in the NFL. And then to your point, like, this was not a guy, son of a coach, uh, you know, a, a longtime player, big name. He didn't go the Dion route, is what is is another way of putting it. He grinded and paid some major major dues. Okay, he started off as a quarterback coach for the Oakland Raiders. Then you're right, University of San Diego, not San Diego State, where Marshall Falk and Dan McGuire and San Diego. They're the Toros, right? Toreros. Toreros. Yeah, it's a small private school. It's not. what is a Torero? I don't know. I know my friend. Can I get that in four-wheel drive? The guy I worked with at Rivals.com, Noah Stanley, one of my mentors, really. uh, He's from L.A., and he he played uh, football there. Uh, He's a running back. Um, And they were god-awful. When Harbaugh got that job, I was working there with Noah, and we'd look up the San Diego scores, and they they went – I'll, I'll let you continue. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I'll just I'll just keep it because uh, I know we're running that time in, in in the the A block here. But uh, three years he's the coach of San Diego. Then he goes to you, you, Stanford. You, you, everybody knows Stanford's a mess now. Stanford was a mess when he got the job, and in his first year, I'll never forget this game because we, on my radio show we would do a pick a contest, uh, the, the Fab Five Challenge, which we now do on another uh, show. And Stanford played the the height of the Pete Carroll Southern Cal teams. They were a 42-point underdog, and Stanford won the game as a 42-point dog. One of the biggest upsets. It might have been the biggest upset at the time in the history of the sport of college football. Uh, then he gets a guy like Andrew Luck, and before you know it, they're playing in BCS games. So that he parlays that into the 49ers job, and he's got Alex Smith, and he's they're winning playoff games, and he's got Kaepernick, and they're winning playoff games, uh, and then he takes the Michigan job, and like I said, you lose to Ohio State five straight years, and a lot of people want you gone, and and Jim rubs a lot of people the wrong way, and they and they uh, and they want you gone for that, but the, the guy just he's he doesn't need to coach at this point in his life. He just loves to friggin' coach. He loves the hustle. He loves the grind. So after playing like nearly 15 years in the NFL, paying a bunch of dues as a college coach, gets your NFL job, leads San Fran to a Super Bowl, then goes back to his alma mater, and and here he is. So he's, you know, Steve Spurrier was a different kind of dude, right? Like a lot of people hated him. A lot of people didn't understand him. Same kind of like, I don't want to say socially awkward, but a little bit different. Jim Harbaugh's like that, but I—that's good. Like we need more of that. We we don't want just cookie cutter, milk toast coaches all across the country. Uh, so I, I really hope he stays. And again, kudos to him. 
I had no dog in the fight. I just enjoyed it. I'll admit it's a little weird watching a national championship game without an SEC team in it. Uh, I don't know what the rating, if the ratings are out yet. Maybe it's a little bit down. Who cares? Yeah, bottom line is uh, it was great, and, and um, it's a good story. It's, it's good for college. We've talked about this for years on this show, and this is coming from two SEC guys. It's good for the health of college football to have geographical balance, to not just have the same teams from the Sun Belt winning it and competing for it every year. What they really need is somebody from the West Coast to be relevant. Uh, I'm talking to you, Lincoln Riley. Uh, they've got two programs in the Midwest who are relevant. The Northeast might be, quite frankly, a lost cause unless you consider Penn State Northeast, kind of, sort of, and James Franklin can't win a big game, so that's that's going to be on hold for a while. Uh, so anyway, I think it's good. Um, I enjoyed the game. It wasn't the most aesthetically pleasing, but if you like nasty defense, it was a line of scrimmage game, and Michigan was certainly better on the line, and that is... Uh, how 2023-24 comes to a close. We had two unbelievable semifinal games. This game was at least competitive. So I would say in the, in the 10 years of the four-team playoff, this would rank number one based on the, the composite of all three games, right? Because usually the semis were dogs. Last year the semis were great, but the championship game was a dog. In this case, all three games had merit. So I would say they're they're finishing up the four team on a high note, and thank goodness for going to a twelve team. Yeah, the the play the fourteen playoff era Mike ended as it begun with a Pac twelve Big Ten title game in the state of Texas. Yeah, that's right. It was in Dallas that first year with Ohio State, and and I'll say this too, just to put a bow on this. I talk often about caged animal hires, and so let's look at the two Big Ten national champions during this era. Both were caged animal hires. There was nobody that made more sense for Michigan than Jim Harbaugh when they hired him. There was nobody that made more sense for Ohio State than Urban Meyer when they hired him. Both were native sons. I know Urban played at Cincinnati, not at Ohio State. But in that state, man, everybody's a Buckeye. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's special. And, and it just made total sense. Um, and, and it paid off for both schools. So, Hats off to those that make the caged animal higher because that uh, it doesn't always work out, but it's like Sex Panther from Anchorman. 60% of the time, it works 40% it works of the all time. all the time. Uh, <laughs> fantastic line, by the way. Whammy! Um, we'll, we'll start calling them Sex Panther hires instead se- of the Caged Sex animals. Panther hires? <laughs> we'll, we'll have to change the rating on uh, this show from uh, you know, 12 plus to 18 plus, whatever. But I, I do love that analogy, and you've used it before. What's interesting and before fan bases say, why can't we make a uh, caged animal hire? Well, first off, I mean, these are schools with major cachet, right? Secondly, think of all the caged animal hires recently that didn't work. Lincoln Riley hasn't worked at Southern Cal. Tom Herman didn't work at Texas. Mario Cristobal's not working real well at Miami. I mean, you could make the case these were all caged animal hires. Uh, obviously, Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. Chip, Chip right. Kelly almost got fired, yeah. Chip I mean. Kelly at UCLA, caged animal. So I don't know what the, the winning percentage is on these caged animal sex panther hires, but it might be less than 50% when you think about it. Well, J- Jimbo would definitely be one um, because it, obviously with the contract, 
Sure. A&M was just not going to be denied there. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, was Chip Kelly a cat? I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, Chip I Kelly turned I, down the Florida job like everybody thought. Yeah. He was this great offensive innovator. He tried the NFL. It didn't work. But everybody's like, well, if he could do half of what he did at Oregon, it's a home run. And it just yeah. hadn't been there. Yeah, what, it, yeah, to me, it wasn't like UCLA. It was like Chip Kelly or bust, you know, because he had – now, Florida, had they gotten him? I, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to really go through and see. Now, I know Nick Saban was just because of how Alabama went about it. They were like – Oh, they, they almost got stuck with Rich Rodriguez. They almost got Rich Rodriguez. But yeah. then they were like, all right, screw it. We're Alabama. We're going to go make this happen. I think Urban they also wanted Meyer Spurrier. in Florida. Yeah, I think Urban Meyer at Florida was a caged animal hire in a no certain, certain way. Yeah, um, that's a win. That's a you win. Know, was Kirby Smart? Not nah, Kirby Smart was kind of the the, 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 the guy, the, you know, the, the, the native son, and he's about to go to South Carolina. And I think yeah, you can't, be a caged, you can't be a caged animal hire if you haven't had success as a head coach yet. Kirby right. hadn't had success as a head so I can't label that caged animal yeah. higher. Yeah, you got, so yeah, and eventually some other school. I think Lincoln Riley when he was That's caged animal. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Animal. Heck that's yeah. Like, that's like we're done, we're done with recycling oh. Oh. the Pete Carroll era and we're going to go They get stole him from a blue blood. Yeah, we're going And to they get gave dude. him the keys to everything. Everything. Yeah. He's living on the one street in California that doesn't have human feces. They gave him everything over there. He, I mean, and it hadn't worked. So I, I think there'd be two fascinating, we'll do this on another show, the two fascinating case studies. The caged animal, sex panther, higher, the, the success rate in the last 10, 20 years. And then as it pertains to Jim Harbaugh, the success rate of college coaches in the NFL. And I know the numbers on that right off the bat are not good because for every Jimmy Johnson and Pete Carroll, there are a ton of guys that went to the NFL and failed miserably. Something else to consider if you're Jim Harbaugh. I get it. He had success in San Fran. No guarantee if he takes the charger job that it's going to work out again. And by the way, old walking Floose, flocking Floose, whatever his name is. Oh, there, my God. Don't he's staying, baby. He's staying. That franchise. I, I don't know why I decided. To, well, I live here, and, and my lovely bride is, is a big Bears fan. And You're good, I man. like the energy when, when they play. You know, it's different. You go into a sports bar on a Sunday in the South, everybody's either, like, from out of town wearing their jersey for some other school at Buffalo Wild Wings watching Sunday, or they're glued to their phone watching their fantasy team, and it's, it's just subdued, right? It's a hangover uh, cure. Uh, and maybe it's different places like Atlanta, but, you know, most of the South, Greenville, Columbia, place, Nashville. But up here, man, I mean, the, the energy is just like a college atmosphere with the Bears. Um, but God mighty, they're terrible. I mean, they're terribly managed. Kevin Warren is the president of the Bears, Mike. Just to, just to, just to oh, I'm aware. That. Oh yeah, no, I'm Dude, aware. He is a genius. <laughs> so, I am. Yeah, all you all you can do is go back to the COVID time and and see that oh, on full man. display. You guys try to uh, unilaterally cancel college football. <laughs> uh, it's a president's fault. He had nothing to do with it. Um, all right, we got to take a timeout. The highly anticipated. We always talk about the morale of a great nation relies heavily on the JC five. Well, in 2024, we want to get the morale started off on the right foot. So. We will do that. A quick timeout, more J.C. and Morgan, 2024 style, after a quick break. 
Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Hey folks, want to tell you about our friends at Titan Construction Group really quick. They're a mid-Atlantic-based general contractor, specializes in retail, restaurant, and office construction. TCG strives to separate itself from other general contractors by adding value every step of the process. From project budgeting to estimation, value engineering to construction, they focus on those relationships and not the transaction. Titan builds partnerships one project at a time. Among their clients are Starbucks, Crumble Cookie, uh, Blake Pizza, Home Goods, 15 plus years experience based in Midlothian, Virginia, and contracted in Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. So get on their website, Titan. CGinc.com. That's TitanCGinc.com. Get in touch with Brad if you're in need of a general contractor that focuses on going above and beyond for their clients. That's Titan Construction Group, a proud sponsor of the JC and Morgan podcast. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to Elite Roofing. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Listen up. This is for construction professionals, contractors, facility managers, or do-it-yourself homeowners. SitePro Rentals is ready to equip your upcoming project. We rent construction equipment for any size job. Boom and scissor lifts, telehandlers, skid steers, excavators, air compressors, generators, even small tools and equipment. SitePro has you covered. If you are ready for better equipment rental, call SitePro and rent from the local, friendly, easy-to-do business with equipment professionals. Call 972-RENT-NOW. That's 972-736-8669 to rent the newest equipment in the Atlanta market. Call 972-RENT-NOW or visit SiteProRentals.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, back with you here on JC and Morgan. Before we get to the JC5, I want to welcome one of our new sponsors. We've had some, uh, you just saw a commercial for, uh, in fact, you see JC wearing the Titan Construction Group cap. Much love to them. Much love to Elite Roofing and Construction. Uh, In that same uh, realm, uh, we have a lot of uh, construction pros and contractors that listen I want to make sure you know about my friends at Site Pro Rentals when renting equipment. It's important to have a local, easy-to-do-business-with friend in the industry who carries only the newest equipment and creates efficiency for you and your project job site. The team at Site Pro Rentals can do just that when reliability, service, and transparent pricing matter. And when do they not? You need to use Site Pro Rentals if you want to do work with local, easy-to-do, business with professionals and are ready for better equipment rental call my friends at site pro easy number to remember 972 rent now it's 972-736-8669 and with that we welcome in the first yearly installment of the jc5 it's time for the top topics in the sport we bring the jc5 number one it's time for the top top Hey, it's a two for Tuesday here. Coming up on a five o'clock rock block. You only need to do that once, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry about the uh, the mute there. But our dog was barking, so I had to. He's a he's a he's frisky in the mornings, man. He's getting older, but man, he still gets up. Get some red. Get some. He's like the, the Burgess Meredith character from Grumpy Old Men. Yeah, give me bacon and liquor. Ah. So anyway. you know, I never is that a fiber for you? I never saw it. I've seen it a couple times. Okay. I, I like the I like Burgess Meredith. Burgess yeah. Meredith, see? My name is Burgess Meredith. Mike, you got to go out there and hit him hard, kid. Burgess Women weaken legs. Women weaken legs. What's the matter, Rock? What do you mean you don't? After all this time and all these years, you don't know what to do. Now go out there and do it. Do it, uh, kid. A little, a little angel on your shoulder. This is my favorite thing on earth. Mark and oh, man. It's a cufflink. Anyway. Those are dimers, by the way. I I can recite most of that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We'll get back to five and dime here soon enough. I promise you we'll have a little more time. My my Burgess Meredith impersonation sounded surprisingly good. So I was like, oh, I think I'm going to go with that. Your impersonations are spot on. Now, you you have about three that you keep going back to, but I think we're going to expand the catalog in 2024. All right. It's an end of the the air in college football, Mike. and it's not just the expanded playoff. We're going to have bi-coastal conferences, <laughs> things like that. Uh, so my question would be, uh, on the subject of Washington, is Washington sustainable in the Big Ten? Sustainable meaning can they keep winning a lot of games? Can they keep winning. I think so. Look, we talked about Michigan's recruiting rankings If you look at Washington's and how they got here, it's a whole different path. Now, they truly are, in a a modern way, the Rudy, much like not quite TCU, but not far away. 
Um, and having worked on games with a former Washington Husky who would remind me repeatedly, you know, you guys think you you know football in the South and uh, enough of the SEC. Uh, we we got a power in Washington. You've never been to a game in Seattle. I, okay, I got it. I got it. Um, and they do have history, and they did win a national title in our lifetime, uh, and they do have facilities and a stadium. And if you've been to Seattle, and I have a couple of times, it's not just a pro town. They freaking love their Huskies. I mean, they're, that, that, they're all about it. The question is, uh, I think for some, is can they ever get to the level of Michigan, Ohio State? And, and I think they can. Like, I think the recruiting, which the recruiting rankings, you know, what one of those years – under DeBoer was like, what, 86 or something ridiculous? You know, th- this is not a team of blue chippers, am I right? Yeah, it's not. Well, yeah, not really. They got a lot of guys out of the portal. And they even, like Penix and Dylan Johnson, I mean, Penix was Transfers. once a Tennessee commit. Jeremy Pruitt said he didn't want him. Uh, and then so he went to Indiana. And then uh, Dylan Johnson was a, a three-star kid that went to Mississippi State. and uh told Mike Leach off on the way out the door, which was bad, the bad luck. I remember but, that, yes. But, yeah, he, because uh, he, he, uh, he was, he was South Carolina or Washington for him, and he, he had a little bit better NIL deal out there. Uh, tough player, you know, but, yeah, yeah so they put it, they kind of pieced it together. I think Caleb DeVore is such a good coach. That's the difference with them. Yeah, They're I totally very agree. Well and and um, if you remember, we went over, I only vote on two things, the Heisman, which I thought was fairly easy with Jalen Daniels, and the Home Depot Coach Award, which, which I could have given it to Jed Fish. I could have given it to – there were some great candidates this year in college football. I gave it to DeBoer because I know what they were when he took over for Coach Lake. They were like a four-win team. Okay. Lake, Lake was a disaster. Lake um, ran it into the ground. He, he, he kind of willy-taggarded yeah. it. Um, and then you needed somebody to go in there and try to turn it around quickly, and he did. You couldn't turn that around much more quickly. Chris Peterson, which was a caged animal hire at the time, if you remember. Yeah. Because remember, he was nobody was ever nobody can get him out of Boise. Well, you right. Dub did, and DeBoer took him a step further than Peterson ever did. So, wow. That's right. That's uh, right. That guy's good. So here's my take on it. I think Washington and Oregon right now, looking at it. I think they're more sustainable than UCLA and Southern Cal in that league. And uh, I'll tell you why. Weather. It's not terribly cold in Seattle like it is in the Midwest, but it's not sunny Southern Cal. You don't have the California you, – you recruit a lot out of California, but it's not the California lifestyle up in, in the Northwest. It's mm-hmm. a little different. And I think I think that there's something to be said for that when these teams are going to have to go east – and and go to Bloomington, Indiana, in late November, <laughs> in front of ten thousand hearty souls, and a bowl of soup, and try to win a football <laughs> game against these massive offensive lines and the ground and pound of the Big Ten. Uh, but I, I think I think I think the, the Northwest. The, the, to me, I have less questions about their sustainability in that league than I do the Los Angeles schools, which sounds crazy because the LA schools have so many more resources and surrounded by so much more talent. Yeah. I just think Oregon and Washington have just put in the work in the last 10 years to where they're good. Everybody knows they're good. They're attractive schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and they're kind of more suited to go play uh, in, in, the, in the weather and all that than, than maybe the, the L.A. kids. I don't know. And they got an, they got an, an NIL money, too. Oh, we'll never know yeah. what the payrolls are because it's not public. So, like, we don't know who's the number one payroll team. We kind of have an idea of who's in the top five and who's not. But they're certainly competitive. 
And like I said, when you go to Seattle, uh, unlike when I when I go to L.A., and I've only been there a few times in the last few years to do NFL games, but I, when I, the moment I get off the plane, the moment I drive around in my car and I turn, turn, tune into sports radio and then I go to SoFi Stadium, I, I, from moment one to the one I leave, I'm like, that's an NFL town. It's an NFL town. I know they didn't have NFL football for years, but it's an NFL town. Um, I go to, to Seattle, and yeah, they love their Seahawks, but man, that whole state loves them some UW. Yeah, and, uh, and, and the, the, the Cougs, too. Out in the and the Cougs. Yeah. Nice rivalry, and they hate Oregon with a passion. Right, yeah. You, that you, Oregon-Washington game is a border. It's like Michigan-Ohio State. They freaking hate each other. Yeah, no, like, you've hey, seen that firsthand. A buddy that's a Ducks fan is like, I don't like Oregon State at all, but I hate you, Dub. Yeah, I hate you, Dub. No, I think they, I think it's a great addition. And look, uh, this was a flex for the Big Ten last night. You basically saw two Big Ten franchises that you're going to see for a long time. I, I got into this big discussion on another show about football and geography and everything else. And while ideally it would all be contiguous, like the SEC. The fact of the matter is that's not reality for the Big Ten. And if they were going to expand their brand, it didn't. It wasn't going to make geographical sense. It doesn't matter for football. It matters for every other sport, maybe. But when you're taking charter planes for a sport that plays once a year, you got six home games, seven home games a year. Um, as someone who has traveled commercial, which we all do, and it sucks, uh, versus someone who's also traveled on a team charter, which I've had a chance to do for multiple teams, Charter flights are pretty damn good, brother. And and if it's a if it's an hour long flight versus a two hour versus a three hour long flight, when you're sitting there and you're not going through security like the the rest of America is, and you're not waiting on delays, and you're not dealing with rude TSA employees, uh, and when you get on the plane, there's a meal waiting for you, not a, not a pack of almonds and a and a steak, an actual meal with a menu. The, the, do not feel sorry for college football players that travel across the country. Feel sorry for the p- fans that might have to pay extra to tailgate. But it, from a from a player team standpoint, it's a win. Every pickup they made is a win. So Oregon, Washington, win, win. The conference will be stronger. Uh, and yes, I, I do think once that Florida State domino falls, and that, that's a whole other can of worms we'll get into again on another show. Uh, we are looking at the NFC AFC. We we really are, and and I feel bad for the other conferences because they're not going to be able to compete financially. I still like Chip Kelly's idea. That's the best idea I've heard as to what to do with football and how to. I liked a lot of it. Mess. I loved. Uh, I mean, I, you know, just break yeah. it off, man, and then yeah. let everybody other other sports go back to where they belong. I mean, because it's you, you just feel bad, you know. But uh, hey, but guess what? College is about learning and, and experiencing new places. And if you're a volleyball player and, and you've lived your whole life in New Jersey, you get to go to L.A. and see the Hollywood sign and, and all that maybe. So There you go. I don't all know. All right. Silver linings, brother. All right, Number what would two. Georgia, two. What would Georgia have looked like against Michigan last night? Mike, and let's go hypothetical. and Just uh, in your mind, what kind of game would that have been? This year's Georgia team. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm processing that in my head. Um, better defense, um, more physical on the line of scrimmage. 
you know, or Michael Penix, as I said, all year long was the best college football on tape, better than Carson Beck. But for whatever reason, uh, Michigan had a lot to do with it. Make no mistake about it. But he did miss some throws that he just didn't miss, period. Uh, would Carson Beck hold up any better? I don't know. I, I, I think it would have been a hell of a game. And, you know, the whole Florida State thing, which we talked about ad nauseum, the team that should be the most pissed to me is still Georgia. It's still Georgia. They, they, won, they In our lifetime, we're not going to see another SEC team win 29 straight, all-time record, break bear by. We're not going to see that. And, and, and so they lose one game by three points on a neutral field to Alabama, and all of a sudden they go from number one completely out of the thing. Like, you know, that's yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah, somebody mentioned Bowers. Like, yeah. Bowers is a matchup nightmare. And then it, it forces you to uh, cheat, so to speak, and double team. And so that leaves other people open. And, uh, I think it would have been a really good game. But uh, Washington earned it. I'm, I'm not going to dispute that at all. But, yeah, I think it would have been a very good game. I still think Michigan, from start to finish, to your original point, was the best team in college football this year. And I'm not going to change that stance. I think the best team won it all. But, yeah, I think Georgia would have been a hell of a game. That would have, yeah, that, that's where I stand with that. Nothing against Georgia. You know, and, and, yeah, I'd have been pissed because, and, and to your point, Mike, about that, I don't think we're going to see very many teams going undefeated in the SEC at all anymore. No. Because you don't get the 15-year break where you don't have to play Alabama or somebody. You're right. going to be playing every team every other year. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a it's going to be a, a brutal freaking uh, bloodbath. Uh, I think. I mean, you, you, the, your chances of going undefeated in the SEC are going to be very slim moving yeah. forward. Just with the way number you, three. Like I said, yeah, you don't get to take advantage of a weak division. Okay, well, number three. So, in my opinion, and you mentioned this earlier a little bit, Jimmy Johnson, Bar- Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, Pete Carroll, kind of in the modern era. Those are the guys that have had success. And won it, won significant things on both levels. My theory is this: so I'll push back on what you said a little bit, and I agree you have to be cautionary when you're talking about the NFL uh, because you never know what kind of situation you're going to get into. Um, I mean, look at Nick Saban; uh, he'd have still been in the NFL probably if Drew Brees signed with the Dolphins. That would have helped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he, he's instead of Dante Culpepper. Yeah, good lord. But I think Carbaugh, even now, and, and this is the first time he's ever like won at all, you know, because he did not win. His brother beat him in the Super Bowl, which has to be embarrassing. Um, if my brother beat me in the Super Bowl, I don't know what I'd say. You've met my brother, <laughs> or at least one of them. Yeah, um, I think he's a goat coach. I think he can go back to the NFL just like Pete Carroll and win. He is a different dude than Pete. And they remember they didn't get along at all when he was at Stanford. They really didn't get along at all when he was with the 49ers. But I, 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 I will say this. Unlike Pete Carroll, who's coached for how many years now with the Seahawks, he's still liked by his players. 15. He's still Pete, you know, because he's cool. I think Harbaugh in the NFL, a lot like a Jerry Glanville from back in the day, has a shelf life. I think because his shtick, and we saw it in San Francisco, gets old after a while. But I, I agree. do think if he takes over a franchise that's on the up, he could win right away and maybe maybe get a Super Bowl because I don't see much difference 
uh, in him and a Jimmy Johnson. I mean, Barry Switzer kind of inherited Jimmy Johnson's team with the Cowboys and won it, right? Yeah, I don't think – I wouldn't um, call Barry a successful NFL I, I would, coach. He was gift-wrapped yeah, a title. I think I think Jim Harbaugh, since Jimmy Johnson and Pete Carroll, uh, you know, I, I'd say since Jimmy. I think, I think he's better than Pete. Uh, I just think he needs the opportunity. So uh, your thoughts on if he did take an NFL gig other than being careful – uh, I would guess you would say he needs a quarterback. Well, yeah. So he, you know how I feel on this. Uh, if you don't have one, you're not playing for big prizes. And so you you take an NFL job, uh, and you can have everything else looking splendid. And if you don't have the quarterback, you're not playing for big prizes. So the the, the obvious one would be Justin Herbert is a big time quarterback, but that that does not have big time results. Uh, so they fired their coach. You know, they haven't, like, mortgaged their future with a bunch of first-round picks gone or anything like that. You know, that's a franchise you could go in right away, and he would make a difference. But he's not taking, like, the Falcons job, you know, when you're trying to win games with Desmond Ritter. He, he's not he, He's not. He's not doing that. He, he would have a pick-of-the-litter type of situation, um, and he would only go, like all these guys now, um, where there is a, a established quality quarterback in place. You just can't win it all to do it. And that's that's what we're talking about here, right? He's not taking an NFL job solely for the money. Michigan it will match almost anything. Uh, and by the way, David Tepper, with the pay, he sure as hell ain't going to Charlotte. Um, I've heard that mentioned. Are you kidding me? Um, so Michigan can match anything right now. They're one of the few colleges that could match anything that an NFL team came. So it's not a money grab. It's a, hey, I want to prove I can pull a Jimmy Johnson, win at both levels, unfinished business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's what we're talking about here. And, and I don't know. Nobody knows what's inside that brain of Jim Harbaugh. I can't. I and mean, again, I watch him being interviewed, and I'm like, did, did he put his batteries in? Like I, he's just a different dude, and I'm not being critical when I say that. Like I pull for the guy, I like the guy, but it. man, yeah. is he just he's just strange. He's just he's a weird dude. dude. Yeah, he's just the... different. He's the guy at the party where like you try to be social with him, and hey, can I get your beer? And you talk for a couple minutes, yeah. and it just it doesn't go anywhere. And you go back to your flock, and you're like, yeah, man, I don't know about that guy. He's a little strange. Yeah, I, I just. Nah, <laughs> I love him. I think I think I think he's a great coach. I, I think family too. You know, nowadays you have to. He's got. I understand he's got a big family. Got some adopted kids and some things like that. He's a good man. Like he does a lot of good for people that goes unnoticed because he is weird. Yeah. Uh, but he, he's a good person. So I don't know. It kind of stinks that the Panthers' situation is as bad as it is because I think quality of life wise, Charlotte. Atlanta, places like that would probably be appealing to him. The reputation it, it, of that franchise, there no, is no all, way. Yeah, It was compared to Los Angeles. which, But, of course, if you make enough money in L.A., you, he can go move next to Lincoln Riley and, and be okay. Yeah, and it, if it, again, if it, even in Atlanta, you've got B. John Robinson, you've got Drake London, you've got some guys on defense. But Desmond Ritter is not going to – he's not going to get you to the promised land. So you can't you can't do that. Um. Yeah, the Kirby question comes up a lot. <laughs> Kirby to the Falcons? No way. No stinking way. Again, Georgia gobs of money. Uh, it, it, I don't see, and I don't know if that's a great fit anyway. Again, you mentioned some of the guys that had success. I can give you a lot more, starting with Lou Holtz and the Jets in the 70s. 
and, and go all the way up to uh, Saban and, and, and everybody in between, and I'm probably missing even more recent examples. Steve Spurrier, Bobby Petrino, Spurrier, Butch Davis did Petrino. not do well. Oh, Butch, uh, did, God, Butch Davis yeah. did not do well. Uh, a heck of a college coach. Petrino with the Falcons was an unmitigated disaster. They still hate him in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah it's just, just it's, it's a different deal. It's a it's a it's a different deal. Matt Rule, uh, Matt Rule was pretty terrible with the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, he know? ain't going back. No, so, no, yeah. they, they all they all want to try it. It's an ego thing as much as a money thing, but it, it it's two different skill sets for sure. All right, next one, uh, Mister Number Four. All right, those of you out there that think if you're not you're not getting Power Five level guys, you're not doing well in the transfer portal. I have something for you. Miami took a quarterback from the Albany, which also produced – I don't know who the coach at Albany is. I need to look that up, Mike. My God. Jared Verse, and then they send this kid who's really good to Miami is allegedly going to save the program down there. Um, so all your Miami fans that, that are friends of yours that follow you actively, since you say such nice things about them all the time, <laughs> um, they'll be happy. Uh, hey, DeVry is not a bad thing, man. And there's nothing wrong with with uh, bug inspection and and, ter- and rodent removal. Uh, there's nothing. There's noble work in that. And um, one of these days, the biggest U fans are actually going to get a diploma from that. Comment. Greg Gattuso, I guess, is his name. So anyway, so the, Greg the Tuso U is, of the Great Tuso Coaching Chain. The, yeah, I, who knows? Anyway, but he's finding players somehow. Um, that can't be easy. I mean, Albany's up there, kind of it's the capital of New York, below Syracuse a little. I mean, it, it's not that attractive, not, not surrounded by talent there. But anyway, uh, and then Georgia takes UNLV's quarterback, who I've seen play this year as a damn good player. Uh, doesn't this kind of tell you, Mike, that, that it's not all about maybe where you are, are when you start your college career, but who you are uh, as you prog- progress through? Uh, I think you can see a lot more of these group of five and FCS guys come to this level, not universally, but uh, they're going to surprise some people. Well, I, you've said this a number of times, and it couldn't be more true. Th- this is just what this is what's been happening in basketball for years now. Okay, guy lights it up in the Sun Belt, like leads the league in scoring, and then you know he's going to in, in basketball. It's a Power Six if you include the Big East. You know somebody's going to poach him, gobble him up, and you'll see him starting. Not on the bench. They don't go to a, a, a big program just to sit on the bench. They go to start and then put up numbers there. You look at these teams that are going in the Final Four. They're not chock full of McDonald's All-Americans. There's actually more portal power than there is Mickey D's. And so that has been going on in basketball for a while. That is now going on in football. You're absolutely right. Um, I remember I, I might have told this story uh, a year ago, I'm doing a Mac game with Cole Kublik and a um, uh, really good sideline reporter. And, of course, I just forgot his name. Anyway, there's a, there was a linebacker for one of those, uh, you know, Miami of Ohio or Kent State or somebody. They all start to bleed together. And after the game, you know, we talked about the game, but all that they were talking about was, yeah, it's just a matter of time before – that that kid's going to Power Five, and within like seventy two hours, he announced he's leaving, and he's going to 
SEC school, ACC school, Big Ten school, XYZ. Like, that's just where we are now. It's a feeder system. I hate to put it that way. I hate to put it that way. But the Group 5 and the FCS, if you're really good and you still got eligibility, you're going to be gobbled up. And so those coaches that do their due diligence and they find those diamonds in the rough and they develop them, they develop those players, what you're doing is you're setting them up for a coach of a premier program to go ahead and poach them and take them away. That is that is the new, much like we talk about, the NIL world is the new day and age. The portal world is the new day and age of college football. So, too, is getting really good, talented players from the lower levels of college football because they're out there and they're not that hard to find. Next Number up. five. What is SMU's upside in the ACC? You love SMU. Admit it. You're a closet SMU fan. Pony Express. I, yeah, I just man. realized, too, when I was doing some research, uh, every every year after the national championship, I test my memory. So I go back and sketch out from memory who's won each national championship. goes all the way back to, like, 86 when I first followed the sport to make sure I remember. Um, it's just kind of an exercise I do. Well, once I decided to go back to 80 uh, last night. I couldn't remember who won it in 82, and it was um, – or 83. It was actually 83. Either 82 or 83. SMU was undefeated and did not get the vote. Right. Over It was either Penn State or it was Miami in 83. That's that's the Pony Express, Dickerson, and I, Craig I, James. I, I, think 80, I think 83 actually was Auburn. They, they got kind of screwed. But 82 was SMU against Penn State. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I you know, I, I, I've talked to coaches around uh, some sources around the league. They're not so much worried about Cal and Stanford. Stanford's pretty good, and you know Cal's Cal. But you know that SMU situation because of their money and NIL mm-hmm. and location you know, and location. You know they're right there in Dallas in a hotbed. I don't know your thoughts. It's a really good question um, because they do have. Again, I've said this before. This was the ultimate flex. SMU, with all the talk about leaving one conference for another and the buyout fee, you got to pay the conference, which is essentially is what's keeping Florida State and Clemson in the league they don't want to be in. Um, and then how much money are you going to get in the new league? This is the calculus that every program has to go through when migrating from one league to the next. SMU said they went to that table and they put their you-know-whats right on the table, and they were full of brass. And they said, we don't want your stinking money. We don't need your stinking money. You just let us play, like Bad News Bears, the sequel, in the Astrodome. Let them play. You just let us play in your, your league. We will, we will certainly contribute. We've got a great fan base, and we've got resources. We don't want a dime of your TV money. Just let us in and see what we can do. That's unprecedented. That's unprecedented. So that right there told me SMU is making a statement. We want to be what we were in the 80s, and we'll do anything we have to to get there. And now there are no rules. The only thing that stopped SMU the first time was the NCAA. and the NCAA, the, the, Yeah, those damn rules. And they broke them after an egregious violation. They broke them again. And the NCAA did something they've never done since or before and never will again, and that is the death penalty. They basically took a baseball bat to that program and bludgeoned it in the head uh, until it was on life support. And then, thankfully, they got back, and they've had blips in here and there with June Jones and whatnot. 
But um, in a league like the ACC, yeah, they can compete. Are they going to be the level of Florida State Clemson? No, but I'm not sure Florida State Clemson is going to be there by the time this thing all shakes down yeah. in, a, in a couple years. So uh, SMU might become the power of the of the ACC in 2027. I mean, look, you're talking about a league where Duke and Wake Forest have won significant football games through the pit. Yep. Uh, Pitt's, Pitt's a public-ish, private-ish school. Uh, SMU's a private school, just like Wake and Duke, probably a little bit more rabid fan base, uh, probably a little bit more commitment there, right, than, uh, as we've seen through the years. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm intrigued that they're in Texas. They can offer something different. Uh, I'm intrigued by their money. Uh, in the NIL world, I looked at their transfer portal class this year, and uh, it's pretty solid. I mean, they they got some guys from some bigger schools that are going to help them. But uh, I don't know. You know, I, I think I think we'll have to see kind of how it all unfolds and who actually stays in the league. But uh, I would, I think this gives them a chance. I, I think it really does. I think it's a lot different than being in the American or, or wherever and. You know, fighting it out with the two lanes of the world. I think, you know, you get at least you get Florida State, you get Notre Dame every so often, too. Because of you know what SMU at bare minimum can be? SMU at bare minimum can be TCU, to play a little yes. alphabet soup here. At, at bare minimum, SM, like, what does TCU have that SMU doesn't have? Um, you know, maybe a slightly nicer, bigger stadium, but they're both like private schools with a lot of money uh, in the same area that uh, have tradition, longstanding tradition, but haven't been able to quite get over the hump lately. And, and, and now Gary Patterson took TCU to a whole new level. Uh, that's there, Is there a statue of him yet outside the stadium? There should be. Um, but, but SMU should certainly be able to be TCU. And it, now that they're going to a, a power league – Say what you want to say about the ACC, it's a step up from where SMU's been for a long time. And the Big 12 was never going to open its doors to SMU. So, um, yeah, I, I like I like where you're where you're going with that. I, I think it'd be great for college football, too, to see, again, to see more more ingredients in the gumbo, more, more blood out there, uh, and especially one that did have tradition and then fell off the radar. Uh, and it'd be, that'd be a great story to see them back and just say like the, the, the top 20 and, and playing great football and, and maybe make it to a, uh, a playoff or two. Uh, that shouldn't be out of the question. 12 team playoff, baby. Anything's possible. It's like the old, uh, the lottery commercials. All it takes is, is a dollar and a dream. Well, now you got a 12 team playoff, you know, you, you, you pony up, you get some NIL money. You do what you need to do facilities-wise. You make the right coaching hires, and boom, you're in that 12-team playoff. Dollar and a dream. I love it. All right, that, that's it. That's it. That's the five. All right, we'll take a quick break. Yeah, JC5. I loved it. A good way to kick off 2024 with the JC5. The morale, I think I think the morale is going to be good for the rest of this month at least for this great nation. Thanks to the JC5. We'll take a quick timeout. Final segment coming up. 
Listen up. This is for construction professionals, contractors, facility managers, or do-it-yourself homeowners. SitePro Rentals is ready to equip your upcoming project. We rent construction equipment for any size job. Boom and scissor lifts, telehandlers, skid steers, excavators, air compressors, generators, even small tools and equipment. SitePro has you covered. If you are ready for better equipment rental, call SitePro and rent from the local, friendly, easy-to-do business with equipment professionals. Call 972-RENT now. That's 972-736-8669 to rent the newest equipment in the Atlanta market. Call 972-RENT now or visit SiteProRentals.com. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce of any goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. They provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to EliteRoofing.com. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Hey, this is Mike Morgan, and like many of you, I love staying active. It makes me feel better. It helps me enjoy a better life. But whether you're a world-class athlete or someone just keeping the dream alive like me, you'll want to make sure you have someone who can handle the injuries that are going to arise. That's where the world-renowned Dr. Michael Hatrack of Synergy Sports Wellness and Synergy Release Sports come into play. He's been my guy for nearly a decade, and he has served thousands of people, including over 400 NFL players, over a career that spans 47 years. Yeah, he's that good. And his staff's personalized biomechanical treatments and therapies can handle it all. Back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain. We all know the injuries, but few know the solutions the way Dr. Hatrack and his terrifically trained staff do. I've seen others. No one delivers the results the way they do. That's why people from all over the country come to Synergy's two Georgia locations, Buckhead and Alpharetta. Dr. Hatrack has trained a team of chiropractors in his proprietary technique that has been proven to yield life-changing outcomes from professional athletes to the Joe Schmoes of the world like, well, me. Check out the website to set up an appointment today, SynergyReleaseSports.com. That's Synergy with an S, ReleaseSports.com. You can also find a link for them on our website, JCandMorgan.com. Let the incredible staff at Synergy take care of you so you can reach your wellness goals.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh-oh. We lost Mike. Mike, there we go. The mute button. Okay. Uh, I don't know what happened there. A couple things before we wrap things up that I thought would be fun. By now you've all seen this, and and J.C., you mentioned what about Georgia, what would that look like? Well, this year if we had a 12-team playoff, the four buys, which is going to be a subject of major controversies, how we get to those four teams that are in the first-round buy, I have a feeling that's going to be um, altered a bit. But you'd have Michigan, Bama, Texas, Washington. You'd have Missouri, Oregon playing in the first round, FSU, Liberty, Ole Miss, Georgia, Ohio State, Penn State. I mean, that would absolutely be uh, phenomenal. And it's going to be phenomenal next year and for years to come. It took so long to get here. For years and years, I battled with people (laughs) – on radio, on talk radio, about why we need a playoff. And looking back, and I'm the first one to admit when I'm wrong, and I don't, if my opinion is wrong, my prediction is wrong, I don't care. You know, as I say all the time, it's a lot more entertaining for people to hear about the misses you and I had than the hits. I can sit here and, you know, pound my chest about what I got right. I'll tell you right off the bat, I was wrong about Washington most of this season. Um, but. But when I think back to some of the stupidity of the counter-argument of why we need to keep a system where people vote on the top two teams in the country and have computers and the Massey poll and the Sagarin poll, like aliens were looking down on Earth and they were laughing at us hysterically that that's how we determined the champion in college football. Uh, We no longer will have to do that, and now we'll have 12, so we won't have the FSU debacle again. Uh, That's a win for college football. I'll also end with this. Uh, JC, and then you can give whatever farewell thoughts you have. Um, the Mark Schleyball, uh too early, top 25. Yeah, of course, it's too early, but I guarantee you, if it popped up on your cell phone, you say, ah, it's ridiculous. It's too early to have a time. Oh, let me see. Who's number one? That's, that's, that's who we are. Like, you know, oh, damn with those stupid polls. I don't believe in polls. Where are we ranked? That's, people are going to look. And so you put yeah. this out, you know it's going to get clicks, right, J.C.? I mean, Mark you know that. It. Mark does it every year. Every it's year, like, yeah. It's not like it's some surprise. No, no. And, and I like it. I mean, because, again, it's just it's, we're going to be talking football yeah. all year round. And, by the way, we're, we're, we will talk some college basketball on this show. It, it's a football show, but we're certainly more than capable of talking other things. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's shaping up to be a great year and – the SEC and basketball, for those of you that are SEC fans. But we'll get into all that uh, again another week. we got a ton of stuff to get to and a lot of great guests as well. Number one, Georgia. Even with the loss of Brock Bowers, Lad McConkey, uh, Dejon Edwards, Lassiter, Bullard, he still believes they're going to be Carson Beck coming back. That's obviously the, you know, that's what pushes it over the goal line. Two, Texas. Three, Oregon. Even with losing Bo Nix, uh, but they got Dylan Gabriel in the portal. 
you'll notice the, the common thread here. It's either returning quarterbacks or, or great quarterbacks plucked out of the portal. Uh, Alabama with Milrow back. I mean, they lose, stud, they lose studs every year, and then they have studs in waiting every year. So don't be surprised. Ohio State, and of course, they lost McCord, but they really wanted – they, I think they kind of <clears throat> ran them out the ran them out the door, and they got Will Howard in the portal. They believe that's an upgrade. Michigan six, you know, no more McCarthy, no more Blake Corum, who I would have voted for the Heisman a year ago had he stayed healthy. Uh, no more Donovan Edwards, but you know they're picking up Jaden Davis. They're picking up all kinds of studs in the portal, and again the recruiting, the culture. Now the X factor, of course, on that is does Harbaugh come back? Seven Ole Miss, uh, eight Mizzou. It's still weird seeing Mizzou in the top ten. Nine, Arizona. You know I'm a big Jed Fish guy. They were 1-11 in 2021. 1-11. And now they might be preseason top ten. And uh, ten, Notre Dame. So just, uh, just thought I'd throw that out there. He goes all the way to the top 25. I won't go all the way out there. But it's out there if you want to see it. Where was Ohio State? Ohio State was... Was it six? It was... Uh, no, it was five. Michigan One of the six. craziest things I've seen in the portal so far, Quinshud Judkins from Ole Miss. Yeah. You know, kids from Alabama, right? So, you know, common sense says mama called. And, mm-hmm. You know, because kids from Alabama, they don't leave. They don't right. leave. The great ones never leave. And now with the portal, you better watch it because they're all going to go home. No, how, much no did that, how much was that price tag? It, I, I'm glad you said that because I, mean, I I thought for sure he was going back to Alabama as well. So either or Auburn won. I mean, you know. Well, that's what I meant. The state that, of Alabama, yeah. That, that, yeah, that Yellowwood money spends just as good as the Red Elk. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Auburn doesn't lose a whole lot of bidding wars. We know that. No. We know that. But yeah, I mean, kid, has the kid ever been in the state of Ohio in his life? But he's a Buckeye. Went there, I guess. Uh, money, 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 money. Jeez, I mean, I'm like, all right, money. cool. That's uh, it, and it's cold right now. I mean, I'm like, wow. I mean, that that surprised me. Uh, uh, people ask me all the time, "Are you surprised by this or that?" But that one, I yeah. didn't see that coming. I thought, I thought for sure he was just heading home. But it's a new world, and, and some of those rules, like, oh, all Alabama kids stay in Alabama. Sometimes that doesn't. Uh, I mean, Scooby Williams is from Birmingham. He just went from Florida to Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess we see more and more guys leave their states, and um, I don't know. Uh, but that one, yeah. that one, that one, I was a little bit stunned by that one. I, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest. Anything else as we sign off that has kind of rocked your world here? With I mean, it's it's hard to keep up with all the drastic changes going on in this sport that we love. It's great for us because we get to talk about it, but holy smokes, I feel like we're always just, just one one uh, knockout blow after another in terms of news. Yeah, we'll see if there's any NFL college coaches that dare to jump to the NFL. My guess is we may see one or two, Mike, because of the way college football's become. And, and the, you know, it used to be college coaches would stay in college because the money was similar and the work week in the NFL was ridiculous. Well, now, because you have to recruit your entire roster 365 days a year, it's a little bit more taxing and babysitting-like. So I, I, you may see some coaches surprisingly jump. I, I think the NFL, though, is in a period now where they are less fired up about the, the college coaches unless they fit their pedigree like a guy like Cliff Kingsbury did. 
a guy like Lincoln Riley probably would. These whiz kid play caller guys that they they tend to want to give head coaching jobs to. Certainly Harbaugh with a track record would be, you know. But it'll be interesting to see if somebody kind of pops up on a radar and says, I'm done with college uh, and all that. And I also want to add this. Gene Smith, the athletic editor at Ohio State, which is uh, another person dripping with hypocrisy from the Big Ten, um, he got up in front of Congress a couple of weeks ago and was like, oh, there's just bad things going on with with pay for play and all this other stuff. And um, what did we just talk about? And you ask any coach, who, 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 what, what is the team with the – I mean, even James Franklin mentioned it and how, to the dollar amount. Yeah. What is it? What is the NIL? What's the toughest team to compete with NIL wise? It's uh, schools located in Columbus, Ohio. Urban Meyer was working with their collective, for God's sake. And you don't think that guy's still competitive in some ways? I'll tell you this. I was listening to, um, uh, was it Dusty and Danny in the morning on Sirius XM? And they had Ben Hartsock on. You familiar with Ben? Ben. Ben was a, a, an NFL tight end. Uh, I covered him a little bit with the Panthers and um, played at Ohio State. And he does a really good job on radio. He's just a, a super bright guy. And he's an Ohio State fan through and through, but he told the story on the air. He basically read the email or letter that he got, basically begging for money. And he said, quote, unquote, this is embarrassing. And it was a letter from Gene Smith. From the from the AD saying, "Hey, look, if we're going to compete in this modern day world, um, the guy that you know, if we're going to finally beat Michigan, we're going to have to reach into the coffers." Those guys have so much. I mean, they're Ohio is a gigantic state, and they're the only school. The schools that are like the only schools in the state, and they are. I mean, it, it's them and the elves, you know, the Mac schools, and Cincinnati's way down there at the bottom. You know, no offense to the Bearcats, but. They are dripping with dude. They've got so much money. It's not, I mean, hang it up. They're, they're doing okay. They're oh doing yeah, okay. yeah. Gene, and Gene Smith's a big hypocrite too. I mean, I, the only time I've ever sided with him was when he tried, when Kevin Warren tried to cancel the entire season for everybody. Gene Smith was one of them guys that they kind of battled back, but yeah. they have him up in front of Congress talking about NIL and like like and, 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 you know a lot of these Big Ten administrators that they're like they kind of turn their nose down to the South and the SEC and paint it as some kind of rogue conference. But if you ever look when stuff really goes wrong, like bad bad stuff, it's usually in the Big Ten, Michigan State. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Urban Meyer at Ohio State. Uh, Northwestern, you know, had a scandal. I mean, uh, Iowa had some some bad things happen in their weight room. I mean, it, it you know, they that when they go down, they go down hard, you know, whereas in the SEC it's normally, oh, they bought this player this one time, and, you know, Hugh Freeze should have not ever recruited Laramie Tunzel, but that's a different story. Oh, there's those those pesky McDonald's bags under Jeremy oh Pruitt. Uh what a what a note to end on. And it's uh again, we we want to express our gratitude uh for you folks sticking with us. This thing grows every day and we hope to continue to grow. Uh, JC's got some great stuff cooking on social media and other things as we kind of expand our brand, if you will. We started doing this two guys on a Skype feed. Uh, it sounded like we were using old Soviet equipment. And uh, now it's a, a slick-looking show with a great producer and Phil Molinax and 
Um, you folks have been uh, awfully appreciative of uh, of what we do, and we're going to keep doing it all year long. So with that in mind, we say goodbye till now. We'll see you next week. Uh, yeah, one, more thing. one more thing. Sure. Do you think Jeremy Pruitt like took Michael Penix's McDonald's bag back? <laughs> <laughs> that was a Phoenix is probably like an old old school McDLT container with like some quarters and then ones. And it's hot on one side and it's cold it's on the cool other. On the other. <laughs> I mean, how could this? It's science. How could this not work? Dude's how like, I'm going to Indiana. <laughs> yeah, like, never mind. Bloomington looks good. See you. All right. Uh, on that note, so long, everybody. We'll see you next time on JC and Morgan. <laughs>